Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm the fake Hammond Chamberlain. And I'm the fake Brian Ibbett. See, that was good. Well done. I didn't tell you I was going to do that, and you rolled into it perfectly. We've been doing Uh, this for a while, so I'm not new to the game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Makes sense. I have to work harder to throw you off, apparently. Um, and and by that intro, uh, hopefully it gives you kind of a hint as to what we're going to be talking about this week on our show. Not one band, not 10 bands, but not any bands, really. We're talking about fake bands, fake, fake uh, artists. Sometimes they are TV and movie bands created specifically for a uh, film or a television show. Sometimes it's alter egos of an existing band, but basically, quote unquote, fake bands. And when I was doing the notes for this, the list got longer and longer yeah. and longer. And after a while, I'm like, I can't put them all down. We'll we'll do three parts to this series. So Right. There's so many and so many good ones and ones of note. I mean, you know, thinking about even ones that didn't come up in the list for us that I found as I was looking for other songs. It's like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about 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 such and such. So, and I will say, if we've forgotten your fake band, shout it out on Twitter, send us an email, oh, yeah. do something, and we'll follow up maybe in a season or two with another fake band to make sure we hit your favorites. Oh, for sure. As a matter of fact, there was one that I was thinking I got to make sure I add. I might actually throw an eleventh one in here right now. Show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I won't have any notes about it, but I just listened to the song today again, so I can I can talk about it. Let's get into our discussion about fake bands. And I want to like start before we even start listing some of these, listing uh some of these off. Fake band is such a misnomer because if you're hearing something, it was created by someone. Yes. And it was created by a band. So it's it may not be the band you think, yeah. <laughs> but it's the band, but it's still, there's still a band creating these songs. Yeah. And the reason, the re- I kind of put, I specified bands that were specifically created for movies and or TV shows mm-hmm. uh, because they wouldn't have been made otherwise. And that's kind sure. of the way I kind of have kind of wrapped my head around the fake band experience because. That is the lion's share of of when you think about fake bands, even bands that went on to become something more like mm-hmm. uh, Spinal Tap or Blues Brothers or whatever, they're bands that that got their start by being something fake and then kind of turning into something real that stemmed from all that. And there are a few of them on the list that are ex- perfect examples of things that turned out, uh, started out as almost like a joke. And mm-hmm. then three albums later, they're like, hey, this is actually a thing. And it's no longer a joke. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's get into it. And we're doing these chronologically based on the bands themselves. That'll become a little bit more obvious as we get into it, but we'll explain what we mean as we go. But the earliest one is, uh, or the earliest one in our list is something that originated in 1957 all the way to 1972, then had kind of a comeback in uh, 1979 to now. And those are the Chipmunks. It was created by uh, Ross Bagdasarian as a novelty. He's the, uh, let's see, he doesn't go by Ross in the songs, though. He goes by... Um, oh, my gosh. I can't say it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, my God. I know. I'm doing the same thing. I'm blanking on it. it was uh, played, he was played by Shazam um, in the movies. In the oh, movies. Zach, right, right, right. Yes, Zach. Doctor, you gave me the 
So this, you know, David Seville uh, character by Ross uh, Magdazarian. Uh, they had hits with uh, a cover of The Witch Doctor, the Chipmunk. I guess, no, theirs was the original, right? Yeah. The Ooh, Ee, Ooh, Ah, I think mm-hmm. so. I think that was it? the original. Yeah. I've always thought it was the original. Um, a lot of covers, though, th- that they would do over the over the course of the years. Of course, the Christmas song, the Chipmunk Christmas song, uh, Christmas Don't Be Late, and the uh, 1983 animated series. They did have kind of a rebirth of sorts in the 2000s with uh, the new Chipmunk movies. And then they had their covers of popular songs. Food for Thought. They've released over 50 albums. 50? Really? Oh my God. They're up there with Frank Zappa with the amount of albums they've released if we decided to cover them as a subject. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So here's, here's a little bit of background on Witch Doctor. Basically, he did this song prior to creating, quote unquote, the chipmunks, but the chipmunk voice the first appearance of the chipmunk voice from David Seville was in this song. So it it's not listed as a Alvin and the Chipmunk song. It's listed as a David Seville song, uh, Witch Doctor. And it just so happens that this was the birth of the, the chipmunk's voice. And when you think about, about <laughs> how he has to create this, basically he has to slow the music down and then sing along with it in a normal voice so that when it speeds it up, the, the music is at the right speed, uh-huh. but the vocals are speeded up. And that's such a, you got to think about like him listening to <laughs> the songs that they cover and and going, you know, Christmas, Christmas <laughs> time is, I'd love, you know, I don't know, uh, I'm sure somebody's done this, but slowed it down to where you could hear his regular voice. The vocals voice. are the right, yeah, the vocals are the right speed and the yeah. music is slowed down. I'd love to hear how plotting it's got to be so. The most boring thing <laughs> once you get three, four or five minutes into what's going to be a two and a half minute song. <laughs> Real quick off the top of your head, who do you want to hear yeah. cover Witch Doctor? Oh, that's good. Um, Stephen Page, former lead vocalist of Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, that's a really good one. That's super good. I would yeah. go with Mushroom Head. <laughs> very also a good pick and two very different things. Could we, could we meet in the middle and just say ghost? Sure. I think that would, yeah. I mean, that would really, ghost. that would, that would Scooby-Doo them up completely. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Okay. I don't know who we talked to about this. Where, where would, where do we have to donate our money? But that's where we need to, that's where just Tobias to Forge it. have a Patreon. We got to figure that out. We'll, we'll find it out. Yeah. 1964, kind of. The Wonders or the Oneaters, if you spell it in the like they did in the uh, in the movie before they said let's just lead into this whole Wonders thing. Uh, we're really talking about the band that uh, was covered in the 1996 film That Thing You Do, starring Tom Hanks and uh, Steve Zahn, uh, Liv Tyler, Liv Tyler, yeah, and those other guys, and those other guys. Not like a, you know, a, wasn't uh, one of them the kid Tom from Everett. Big? Wasn't one of them the kid from Big? Like oh, the lead drummer wasn't he the kid from Big? I don't think so. You mean Tom uh, Thomas Everett Scott? No, because Ethan Embry, who Scott and I just saw in uh, Vegas Vacation, he's the he was one of the Rusty Griswolds over the course of <laughs> the years. Steve Zahn, Jonathan Shake. I wonder if Tom Everett Scott, because he does look like he does look like the big kid, doesn't yeah, he? He does. 
And if, and if you, if it's not, I've been laboring under a very severe misapprehension for this, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Is it just because of the Tom Hanks connection? Maybe that's it. It could is be the, that, but he looks like the, he's got the curly hair and the blue totally, eyes. He totally looks like he totally was. does. Yeah. He was in American Werewolf in Paris, Boiler Room, Dead Man on Campus, La La Land and Clouds, um, but not in... Uh, Okay. Not in big. Wow. But many I, of those movies you, aren't good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Many of those <laughs> movies are names I just said that I have no idea. <laughs> I've heard of Dead Man on Campus and Boiler Room, of course. Um, you, you saw, didn't you see American Werewolf in Paris for uh, Yeah, did, we did see yeah. Amer- Yes, mostly because it's got uh, Julie Delpy in it, who I really, 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 about 12 more reallys like. <laughs> But I'll stop with just three reallys. Uh, 1966 to 1968. Because the restraining order says you can only say three. Pretty much. Yeah, I can only <laughs> use so many. And uh, fortunately, uh, she's in France. I'm here in America. I can't get any closer than that. 1966 to 1968, a little band called The Monkees. Uh, this was, these guys were hired because of their, because of their looks, basically. You had uh, Davy Jones, Michael Nesmith, Peter Tork, and Michael Nesmith. Right, Nesmith. Yeah, didn't I? Did I say? I didn't say his name first. Michael no. Nesmith. No, I didn't. Right, no, Michael yeah, Nesmith. Yeah. And of of the four of them, Michael Nesmith actually did go on to a pretty decent musical career that wasn't like a novelty. I'm going to tour as the Monkees, right? Uh, like uh, Dolan's, Peter Dolan's, and uh, or Mickey Dolan's and Peter Tork and, and David Jones and David Jones or Davy Jones is the whole reason that we have a David Bowie because David Bowie's real name is David Jones and he didn't want to be confused with the monkeys, David Jones. So that he took probably would have Bowie. taken away credibility from uh, lots of the spider monkeys. That's spider monkeys. What is it? Yeah. The spiders from Mars. Yeah. Spiders the, from Mars. Yeah. Spider. The spider, spider, <laughs> spider monkeys <laughs> from Mars. Like, spider monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to do a David Bowie uh, soundography. Oh my God, that, that feels like it would take forever, right? It, it would, would be, yeah. We'd have to do that in two parts. We'd have to I break it down. Like We'd have to break it up like uh, we did with Dolly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and this was a band that, that you know, is a good example of what you're talking about earlier. A band that started out as, hey, it's really just for this sitcom. But, and, and at the time, at the beginning, I don't think any of them knew how to play a musical instrument. And they taught themselves how to play during the course of that. Of that show. Yeah. And, and there are so, so many catchy songs and somebody once compared them to like an American version of the Beatles and, and they're so catchy and the songs frankly are kind of interchangeable. I mean, not interchangeable with the Beatles, but they're like. Interchangeable with each other. Yeah. Well, well, they're (laughs) just, there's one of those things where if you're not paying attention, you could easily confuse the Beatles. For for sure. I I would even, I'd say, I'd say. To somebody who's a big who who knows the Beatles music, maybe not so much, but like Dave Clark Five, you could say I can I can't tell if this is a Monkey song or a Dave Clark Five yeah. song, mm-hmm. or a, and uh, and Jones was English, and I think the other three guys were American. Yeah, but it was, um, I I I still will find some of their music and stop and listen to it because it is still catchy, it's still it's entertaining, great. and it's still good. Yeah, and Neil Diamond wrote a lot of the music for them and then turned around and recorded his own versions of things like I'm a Believer and let's see, did he do Last Train to Clarksville? No. The window, the bluebird as she sings. Daydream Believer yeah. is another one of his. Boy, the two songs they have that are Believer in the, in the title are uh, Neil Diamond. Check that out. Uh, 1968 also saw uh, a group called The Banana Splits. Have you seen the uh, new horror movie? 
came out a few years ago. <laughs> no, is there is there a horror movie based yeah, this on the came banana out, splits? This came out way before Blood and Honey did, but it's basically the banana splits robots go nuts and start killing people. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Okay, nope. Now I got to look for this. Live action creation uh, by Hanna-Barbera. This was a Saturday morning show. Band is made up of four costumed animals, uh, Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky. It even says so in the in the theme song. And if you, uh, if you take out the vocals, it is exactly the same music as Buffalo Soldier by Bob Marley. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. The music goes, la, 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 la. La, oh, la, right. la, 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 which is yeah. the same as Buffalo Soldier. Yeah. Well, and the costumes were created by Sid and Marty Croft. So the, the banana splits would come on either before or after Land of the Lost. And right. Land of the Lost and uh, Sigmund the Sea, sea Monster. Monster. I mean, yeah. that's. Yeah. It was like the Marty, it was the Sid and Marty Croft pot comedy 90 minute show. Lord, no, no doubt. I even wonder if pot is, is putting it too lightly. I think some of those costumes were an acid trip. Uh, <laughs> Especially sick with the sea monster stuff. My gosh. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Witchy poo and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1968 also to 1973 and then 2008 and 2020. Really? Yeah. Uh, the Archies. Let's talk about these guys because, all right, when you talk about the Archies, I think about one song, Sugar Sugar. which was the hit. Yep. Uh, and it was all session musicians. And the only recorded video is an animated thing showing Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica singing. Yep. So 2020? Yeah, really? The, the, and even the, 2008? The, 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 River, the Riverdale show. They have the Archies. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah. Good point. And I forgot to mention that Josie and the Pussycats are also on that. They, and they also came they, back. Because they the came movie. out of that yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So Archie's and Josie and the Pussycats. So uh, get to this note here at the end, because this also blows my mind. They have six <laughs> albums. They've released six mind albums. Blown. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't believe one it either. Song. Yeah. Do you know same session musicians for all six? I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I, I can just imagine the Wrecking Crew all just getting called in to do... Yeah. Okay, we're the Archies today. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Wow. All right, 1970, 1974, uh, the Partridge family. Oh, uh, yes. Good old uh, Danny Bunn and Duce, Duce and uh, uh, Susan Day and, um, and, and the I rest. I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> and the rest. Exactly. Uh, about a single mom who forces her children to form a band so that she doesn't have to have a real job. <laughs> yeah, I made that part up. <laughs> Pretty dang close though. Uh, uh, drive around in a bus that looks like a Mondrian painting. Yes. Wow. Good pull. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the music on this show is actually really, really good. And I have to admit that when I was young and watching this as a kid, I, I had a small crush on Susan Day. This morning I woke up and But I never really liked the show because I thought the relationship between Danny and the manager guy yeah. was kind of weird. Little, little uh, yeah. The yeah, boundaries, the, even for me as a kid, I felt the boundaries were off on that relationship. 
I think you're right. Yeah, for sure. Bonaducci's never come out and said that there was anything inappropriate or anything like that, did they? Did he? <laughs> I don't think so. I think the only place that happened was the Brady Bunch, where they wrote all their tell-alls about all the all the nookies right, the Bradys about, were having. Yeah, but it's even that was so innocent. Like yeah. you know, of course. Greg and Marsha hooked up, but there's always this like thing. Oh yeah. Did you hear that Greg and, uh, uh, and Mrs. And Brady, Florence Henderson yeah. all hooked up. It's like, no, they didn't. They, <laughs> they went on one. She let him have one date, even though it was like a, I know you have a crush on me. Let's yeah. get this out of the way yeah. so we could keep working together and not yeah. make it awkward for tiger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who disappeared after one season. We'll, we'll stay together for the dog. Uh, <laughs> I did mention David Cassidy too, but he was like the big, yeah. he, and he, he kind of became the Andy Gibb from that. And from he, that whole and didn't thing. he, he ended up in Vegas doing a Rat Pack show, didn't he? That or the Tales from the Rock Archives or something, something like that. Maybe it was, maybe it was a Rat Pack show. Let's see here. I will tell you. Oh yeah, of course. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh yeah. Uh, he was yep. in that for, for quite a while. Donnie, Donnie uh, Osmond was in that for a while. He was, yeah. Let's see. There we go. Uh, Cassidy starred in the Las Vegas show EFX at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Two years, 1996 to 1998, but it was the, um, at the time, the biggest, it was huge. It was like the most expensive. I remember walking through the MGM Grand and seeing a big dragon LED flashy light display where yeah. Ka is now. Not Ka. Oh, yeah. Right. N- yep. Was yep. it where, where Ka is, is or is it, it the... It's Ka. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's where mm-hmm. Ka was. Yeah. Yeah, that, basically that... They had to, right? Because the they needed this big extravagant stage for all of the Cirque du Soleil stuff. So, yeah. of course, it would be the EFX uh, stage. Interesting. Very interesting. 1975, too, brand new, The Present. Uh, very, very timely. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem Band from, from The Muppet Show. Or any, really, from all of The Muppet stuff. But pro, uh, prominently from The Muppet Show, these guys are the house band for uh, The Muppet Theater. Uh, Janice, Zoot. Dr. Teeth, uh, Animal, of course, on drums. Floyd. Oh, Floyd. I, was, I knew I was forgetting somebody. But there's a brand new show that is uh, called Muppet. I want to say Muppet Mayhem, but I don't think it's Muppet I think, Mayhem. I think that's it. Is it? Is it yeah, Muppet I think Mayhem? I think it's it. Yep. Uh, and, that's, and that actually focuses on Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. And, and Dr. Well, Teeth as you is can a, tell from the name, yeah. And Dr. Teeth is clearly a homage to Dr. John. Yes, for sure. Who we've talked about on this very show. Yep, yep. And the band has consistently released music since 1979. And I guess their biggest hit would probably be Can You Picture This? That Can You Picture That? Okay. From the, to, the first Muppet movie. From the first movie, yeah. yeah. Look at this cast list. Oh, my God. Uh, Rachel Bloom, Nicole Byer, Tommy Chung, Billy Corgan, Dead Mouse, Morgan Freeman, Susanna Hoffs. I'm going to have to watch this show. I think so. Danny Trejo, Kevin Smith. Any show that has Morgan Freeman and Danny Trejo is a win for me. <laughs> we're all Yankovic. Yeah. I think we're all Yankovic might be the only name I've listed here that's somebody that we've covered. Although, uh, Susanna Hoffs. Yeah, uh, that's coming up soon. We're going to talk about them next, next, uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ricky Lindholm. Uh, she's uh, one half of Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a brunette? She's, nope. She's the tall blonde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, I love seeing those two. Kind of a fake band there too, right? Because mm-hmm. they're they don't perform under their real name. Although that's kind of a yeah that that's that's a stretch. But uh, I love seeing all the work that those two get outside of the music of Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah, 
pretty cool. Uh, 1978 to 1982, and then again in 2000, uh, the Blues Brothers, the aforementioned Blues Brothers, formed by Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi uh, for SNL, really was just going to be those two songs, but their uh, first night on the show saw them play Hey Bartender and Soul Man. Then they released an album called Briefcase Full of Blues and, of course, got the movie directed by John Landis, uh, Orange Whip, Orange Whip, Three Orange Whips. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite line from that movie, John Candy. (laughs) Orange Whip, Orange Whip, Three Orange Whips. (laughs) So uh, there's the one soundtrack album and then there's three live albums and like 11 compilation albums. (laughs) That's really, that's hilarious. And I love, I love the Blues Brothers because... Uh, I have a special connection because when I was in college, I played in a band and they were called Wave of Blues because the guy didn't want to call it Blue Wavos in, in Utah. So uh, That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we went by Wave of Blues. And Almost made me choke on my Coke Zero. <laughs> Not my joke. It's Dave Wilbur who made up the band. Uh, so he, he had us, we played all kinds of Blues Brothers covers. Hey, Bartender, all of them. Sweet Home Chicago. We played mm. all those things. And that's where I really got a lot of onstage experience playing harmonica was with this band. And I have so many great memories of playing Blues Brothers tunes. And these songs, I know they're not always theirs because most of them are covers. Uh, yeah. They all mean something to me because of the Blues Brothers connection and the fact that we played them when I was in college. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, I, I love the movie. And, and then by way of that, you know, of course, fell in love with the characters and the music. Less so with the when they, you know, after Belushi passed away and they brought in John Goodman to to play um, uh, Jake's brother. Yeah. And then they had that um, kid. Remember the harmonica playing Token Kid? Oh, the kid. Yeah. Oh, the scrappy do of the Blues Brothers, basically. <laughs> The cousin Oliver of the Blues Brothers. The cousin Oliver of the Blues Brothers, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of lost something for me there. I mean, was it them trying to to get a new audience, an additional audience, by having a kid in there? Maybe. Probably, right? Yeah, probably. Because they're trying to appeal to an audience that, I mean, they knew that the audience they would have appealed to was old. Yeah. So I think they had to go trying to pull for a younger audience. And I'd say that the, the John Landis movie is not, it's, it's not a family movie. It's, you know, it's tame for, for, uh, for showing to kids, but yeah. the, the newer movie, the John Goodwin, uh, John Goodman one, definitely more family friendly. Yeah. So yeah. 1983, Eddie and the Cruisers. This was, uh, the subject of two films in the mid eighties. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize two. Yeah. Eddie uh, and the John Cruisers Patton and Eddie and the Beaver. Cruisers two. Yeah. Oh, there was a sequel. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> On the darker side. Uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band were the musicians that brought this band to life. So I love this movie, the first one specifically. I really, really love it. And I wish it were available on streaming, but it's not anywhere easily found. No. no and uh, if if it ever becomes so, you and I are definitely going to cover it. Yeah, I think that's a good one for for this. I want to say that it's on the film sack list too. So I think it's it would be great if we time it so that I can only watch, watch it, it once, once for <laughs> both. But, uh, and I mentioned the dark side. I see that's in your notes here as a good song. Yeah. 
it's definitely someone. It'd be John Cafferty definitely trying to sound like Bruce Springsteen, oh, though, yeah, right? Absolutely, we, absolutely. Okay, yeah. There's right. no hiding that. Uh, yeah. But the 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 dark side is a really good tune, and I don't care if it's Bruce Springsteeny or not. It's still a mm-hmm. great song. It's it's a good song. Yeah, yeah it's a very good song. Uh, 1984, one of my favorites, uh, Spinal Tap from the movie called This Is Spinal Tap. Probably the godfather of all the fake bands agreed. This movie is the gift that keeps on giving. And you're so right about that. You know, every time you watch it, there's new jokes that you pick up on that maybe you missed before. Like it took me several viewings, I think, to notice all the cold sores. <laughs> Like the herpes uh, sores <laughs> on the lips of uh, all the different bandmates. No attention is brought to that joke, yep. but just the fact that it's like, all right, they were all apparently with the same groupie that yep. <laughs> gave them all herpes. Uh, God, I love that. I love that movie. The other thing that's great is if you play in a band, if you do anything with a microphone yeah, in front of a crowd, you're going to make a Spinal Tap joke. Yeah. Yeah. And if you played in a band, every single band I've ever been in, Tell says we're just like Spinal Tap. And- it happens. Uh, yes. Dream Theater. Last time I saw Dream Theater, they had sound problems on their opening two numbers, which was interesting because oh, really? I got to hear instrumental versions of their two brand new songs. And oh, James wow. came out and said, here we are doing our impersonation of Spinal Tap. <laughs> so really, it's a great thing to lean into because yeah. uh, everybody knows that movie. Everybody's seen it. Everybody yep. knows the jokes. And we're going to give honorable mention. And- we're going to give honorable mention to the uh, Mighty ben- Mighty Wind bands as well. Yeah, of course, we cover that film for our patrons. Yep. So if, you, uh, if you're if you a patron of Soundography, you can go back and listen to us talk about all of those guys, which are all kind of plays on the different folk music scenes. But yeah, all, all the same Christopher Guest. Uh, players. Players. We're, we're so due, we're so overdue for a new Christopher Guest movie. Okay, so I have to tell you that the For Your Consideration was really yeah. kind of a sad movie. It was actually kind it was. of- It was. It wasn't the yeah. same kind of- uh, Freewheeling fun of as best the, in show uh-huh. and looking for waiting for Guffman yep. and uh, yeah it was a very it was a very dour. Do we feel like that may have caused the swan song of? Uh, um, Maybe I don't know. I have not heard anything, any rumblings of any of them coming back out and doing something new. Now, apparently, and this is something that I did not know. After For Your Consideration in 2016, I remember seeing this. It's called Mascots. Or I remember seeing- uh, Oh, I did see this. It was on streaming. It. it was on a streaming service. Yes. Yeah, I did yes. see that. It was actually really good. That I've one was great. I've got to this. I don't know why. I, I've seen it. If I would have known that it was Christopher Guest, I would have jumped on immediately, but I didn't. apparently didn't know it. I forgot all, all of your- I've forgotten all about that. That is a great little show. Is it? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, because it's got- Oh, is this? it's the series, right? Yeah. As opposed to a mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And it's Jane Lynch and Parker Posey, Fred Willard at Bagley Jr. Basically everybody. Yeah. Surprisingly, no Michael McKean, but you do get Harry Shearer. Yeah. Wow. How is Michael McKean not involved with this? I, th- I thought that there was a... Uh, <laughs> a blood pact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm putting this on the uh, the list for me to watch. This might even be a recommendal. Watch it without with, well, I'll watch it without Tina, which will turn into a recommendal. Yeah, but um, we had, Tina and I have so much stuff we have to watch that I've got to draw the line somewhere and say, nope, I'm watching this without without her. <laughs> uh, it's just the rules. Let's see, uh, Gem, 1985 to 1988 animated show about uh, Jerrica Benton, but her alter ego. Oh, 
crystallized pop singer, I guess uh, crystal encrusted yeah. uh, pop singer. With the power of the gym. Yeah, exactly. It, 1986. It, it oh, was a dumb, it was a dumb show, but it, 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 it it did something. I don't know what it did. I was going to say, d- defend it, Hammond. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I was gonna, I'm not really. I was just going to give some information. I remember one episode where her boyfriend gets his hand turned to stone and he uh-huh. uses it to chop open a blimp to bring it down. <laughs> I, I don't remember all the details. I just oh, remember that one awesome. scene. That's all I remember the show. I will tell you that there's a lot of people out there. There's people of a certain age that if you say, if you mention the animated series, uh, Gem, they will sing the theme song or at least part of like whatever is said after Jim, it's something like she's a pop star with crystal fingers or whatever. I know that's not it, but whatever, whatever that next line is, or that first line is in the theme song is what people will sing. It's kind of like, you know, robots in disguise. Yeah, or, I think it's something like a pop star, pop star. It might be pop star in disguise. It could be something just that dumb. <laughs> no, that's the Hannah Montana. Uh. Well, I think Hannah, I think Hannah Montana stole some uh, ideas from Jim. From Jem. Oh, no. The Jem lawyers coming after Miley Cyrus and company. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, 1986 uh, Steel Dragon uh, get released. This is a band featured in the 2001 movie Rockstar, which we also covered for the patrons. Yep, we sure did. And the songs that are attributed to Steel Dragon are really, actually, really good. Yeah, and not to be confused with Steel Panther, no. which is a, a real band that, that does is funny kind songs. Of, yes. They're the, right. they're the Weird Al Yankovic of metal. Yeah, there we go. The good, X-rated good Weird Al Yankovic of metal. <laughs> right. Uh, 1986, uh, Sammy Kerr. This was a horror movie that features the music of Fastway, bringing the musician Sammy Kerr to life. Oh, we saw this for, yeah. yes. What yeah. was, it, what was the movie treat. called? It was Trick, Trick or Treat. treat. Yes. The token appearances of Ozzy and Gene Simmons. Yep, yet another one that we that we featured. 1992 saw The Heights. Uh, this is a band that was featured in a Fox drama spinoff. Was it a spinoff? No, it just, just featured Jamie so-and-so from 90210, but it yeah, wasn't No, a, I don't think it was a 90210 spinoff. It wasn't was a spinoff. A, it was a spelling production. It was, and it, and it came on, I think, right after 90210, after that actor left... Uh, after that actor, that that character threw Donna down a stairwell and then <laughs> was removed from Beverly Hills 90210. He was expelled from 90210. <laughs> he was expelled, exactly. The the, uh, the tribe has spoken. Oh my gosh. So the, the song, the uh, Have You Talked to an Angel, somehow, inexplicably, reached number one on the charts and stayed there yeah. for a while. It was an honest-to-goodness hit. Yeah, because the music in 1992 was shitty and there was very little competition for, for a manufactured pop song for a Fox TV show. <laughs> I guess it was. It still, are you going to bleep that? Or, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to save it. I'll okay. save it. I don't know. Okay. I didn't know, what, I didn't know what was allowed on this show, even though it's partially my show. <laughs> uh, 1992 to 1996, a show called California Dreams. This was an NBC sitcom about a group of friends and their band, California Dreams. The show ran four seasons. Yeah, this show featured 40 original songs over the course of the four seasons, and most of the songs are written by Steve Tyrell. Wow. I 
barely remember this. And if you would have asked me how long it lasted, I would have said probably a season. Yeah. But it, four seasons, this thing lasted. 1998 to the present and boy, kicking butt in the present. Uh, Gorillas. This is an English virtual band formed by Damon Albarn from the band Blur and the artist Jamie Hewlett, known for the creation of Tank Girl. Uh, when this band tours, sometimes they hide the band from view and sometimes they project the animated members of the group. This is absolutely true. Yeah, Tristan got to see them. I'm I'm so jealous. I really wanted to go see them when they, they toured recently. Were you in a wheelchair? But, what, I mean, I can't see you not being able to see the show. I don't know what the reason was. I think it might have just been financial that we couldn't, I couldn't afford tickets at the time oh, or okay. something or, or I don't know what the reason was, but I kicked myself for not seeing them. But I think that was a tour before Cracker Island, the brand new album. So I'm hoping maybe they'll, they'll tour again. And if they do, hell or high water. Because listen, I'm a huge Blur fan and I'm a huge Gorillaz fan for that matter. Yeah. The description of, yeah, they've got this semi-transparent screen in front of the band so you can kind of see the band behind it but they project the um 2d and noodle and uh adele the funky homo sapien they project them all and what's the what's the fourth guy's name he's kind of he's the he's the mean looking one uh grumpy shoot yeah grumpy i have all their action figures the, those gorillas i'm really sure you do, do. I'm, yes of anyone i know you would have them. <laughs> I know. Why wouldn't I go see them when they were on tour? Uh, do, man, do you uh, put them in? Do they do like double bill with your Spice Girl dolls? <laughs> I can't keep the. I can't keep the two of them in the same place. Oh, Hammond, it's uh, yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> the restraining order says so. Yeah, exactly. It, it was really. It was the. It was uh, posh. Uh, <laughs> she put her foot it down and never had to. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. I'm sure I missed them. Yeah, September 28th. There must have been something else that I was doing at the end of September. Oh, yeah, I don't, I think I was, I was, there was another trip that I was on. Oh, okay. So, uh, so hopefully a 2023 tour for Gorillaz. Um, by the way, they have eight albums. If you're, if, if you're interested, uh, the Gorillaz have eight albums. And and from my experience, the Gorillaz is they're all good. They're, I don't they're, think they're, they, they are all good. I don't think they put yeah. out bad albums. They really don't. Yeah. And this most recent one, Cracker Island, is fan-freaking-tastic. 1999 to 2001, Together, or Together, I'm just kidding. A fictional boy band that uh, was formed in a mockumentary movie of the same name. This poked fun at the early 2000s boy band craze. Now, this isn't, yeah, this isn't the Andy Samberg keep, never stop stopping or whatever it was. No, 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 no. This is the, uh, this is the uh, say it, don't spray it. Um, you plus me equals us. Right. That's right. Yes. In fact, on our boy band episode, we each actually picked one of their songs. <laughs> you remember now? Yes, which says I something totally about us and the fact that we were destined to do this show together. I think so. Yes. Oh God, I love it. Uh, 1999, the band Fozzy. This started out as a fake band formed by wrestler and prog fan and fan of my funny hat, Chris Jericho. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not forget that uh, me and Chris Jericho had you have history. Had, we have history together. <laughs> uh, started out as a Spinal Tap inspired cover band, but over the years has moved into serious original music. Yeah, uh, we might have to cover them sometime. No joke. Uh, there's like yes. a four part, uh, like fake mockumentary YouTube series about how they're this influential band that never got any credit. Really? Yeah. Okay. That they put together and has all these famous people in it. 
And then like three albums in or four albums in, he's like, you know what? I think we should make some real music. And they started to, and they're still putting out albums and each one is better than the last. Wow. All right. Yeah. Put them on the list because I know zero about this. Yeah. And the first album is nothing but like covers of eighties hair tunes. And <sighs> it, it's, I mean, it's so funny how they kind of, <laughs> they, they were going one direction. Then one day, I think he just figured out, you know what? I can actually do this. And he decided, you know what? I'm done being funny. And he went the other direction. That's crazy. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't, uh, how do I not know any of this? Or maybe I do. I don't think maybe you did. I played, Have you played Fozzie before? I played before? something by Fozzie on the show. Here's, here's the way for me to find out. Let's jump into my, this is good. I like doing this live. Uh, I have played, oh yeah, I've played uh, their cover of uh, SOS on Coverville episode 1038. Okay. And, uh, and I also have their cover of Scorpion's Big City Nights, but it's weird that I still didn't know that any of the history of this, <laughs> especially since I'm sure episode 1038 was after I'd, I'd shared a stage for many trips up to the microphone with Chris Jericho. Your hat made more trips to the stage than you did, but yes. And, I, and how great would have been if I said, hey man, love the band Fozzie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time, uh, always, you can dream. Next time, next time, yeah. 2006 to the present, a band called Death Clock, a melodic death metal band created for the animated show Metalocalypse. Their first album debuted at number 21. The band and the music are a creation of Brendan Smalls and Tommy Blaka, Blacha. Is, should we know those names? Should I know those names? Uh, those? Brendan Smalls is is he he made a name for himself with with Death Clock. It he okay. it was on uh, Cartoon Network, uh, Adult Swim. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so this, there was a real band that was set up for this to go on tour and they animated the entire concert and they had the band playing in real time, like synced up to the animations. Uh, they went on tour cool. with Mastodon at one point. It's really interesting how they've taken, and each member of Metal uh, Death Clock uh, fits a stereotype of a metal person, a metal band. Uh, member and it, it's really entertaining if you're in it all in the know it's really funny just because of that uh, nice. just for giggles too two members of the Metalocalypse or the Death Clock band have been on my show Beyond the Playlist uh, Neely Broche who is a guitar player she was on early in the day and Mike Keneally who played with Frank Zappa and Steve Vai uh, and with Devin Townsend currently his episode his most recent episode actually comes out next week 2009 to 2014, and then again in 2021 to the present. Big time rush. <laughs> uh, this band was the subject of a Nickelodeon TV show. They released three studio albums. Uh, not sure which came, which came first here, but uh, Nick signed them. Nickelodeon signed them and promoted the band and the show at the same time. I've heard the name Big Time Rush. Don't know anything else about them. My kids liked them, especially Sydney. Sydney was into the show. Sure. Fair, uh, and, and reason enough to in, include a mention yeah. of them here. Yep. Uh, and then finally, 2010 to 2013, the Fresh Beat Band. This was a live action kids TV show about four friends who attend a music school and work to follow their dreams. Yeah. Uh, again, one of their actors uh, has been on Beyond the Playlist a couple times. Mm -hmm. And she started uh, after Fresh Beat Band. She ended up in Town on Broadway. And now she's in the touring company of Moulin Rouge. With all your mind 
your secret wishes. We have this wish for you. Oh, cool. Okay, nice. Why did that? That also reminded me of something. We didn't really talk about the School of Rock, but uh, this is it's kind of this is when we talked about attending a music school. I thought of the Jack Black thing, the, yeah. the School of Rock, mm-hmm. and how there was a band now called the yep. School of Rock there based is. on those. Yep. All right, well, let's. Uh, I'm going to turn things over to you to mention some other ones right. that uh, we didn't talk about. Yeah, so there are others that are on here, uh, and it was I wasn't sure how to far to get it because of. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about things we could actually get a hold of and, and play or talk about and things sure. like that. So uh, there's the California Raisins. Uh, they were the subject of a CBS mockumentary that was nominated for an Emmy. Oh, yeah. must have been a slow year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then there's Citizen Dick from the movie Singles. Mm-hmm. But we never really heard them play, so that's why I didn't put them on the list. Yeah, that was Matt Dillon's band. I'm trying to think if we never really do hear them, do we? Okay. Nope. Hmm. Uh, it was Eddie Vedder and Matt Dillon, right? Eddie Vedder. Well, was he a member of of uh, Citizen Dick, or was he just another person? I guess he was. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Right, he was. He yeah. was in the band. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then there's Jesse and the Rippers from Full House, and I was not going to put any Jesse and the Rippers music in our show. So thank you for that. Yep. Then there's Lenny and the Squig Tones, our second appearance of Spinal Tap staple. Uh, Michael McKeon. Like Michael McKeon. And that's from Three, Laverne. if you talk about Mighty Wind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was from Laverne and Shirley. And they actually released an album, and it's highly sought after and super collectible. So anyone out there who has the Lenny and the Squig Tones album, hang on to it. Yeah. <laughs> or or sell it as soon as you can, because who knows how long these things <laughs> yeah. will become, yeah. will be rare. Yep. Uh, then there's the Honeybees, which is Ginger, Marianne, and Mrs. Howell. It was a girl group right. they formed on the uh, Gilligan's Island show. Uh, Gilligan's Island, yep. Then there was Sex ba- uh, Bomb from uh, Sex Bomb from <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, we are Sex Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear something? Like, I've never seen Scott Pilgrim. Oh, oh, wow! Is that? Let's see. I wonder if that's. I mean, there's a lot of music in it, but it's not a music heavy. Movie. It's definitely it's definitely worth seeing. It, I mean, obviously based on a comic book. Yeah. And very comic book in its delivery. So like if if you like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and you want to see a live action way of doing a lot of those animated things they did in the movie, then that's a really, a really good example. We of watched it. that. We watched that Michael J. Fox movie that really didn't have a lot of music in it. So if we want to watch uh Scott oh, Pilgrim, we could do it. We could do it. I got no problem with that. All right. Do you want to cancel yours and do Scott Pilgrim or do you want to wait till next month? No, let's wait till next month because okay. I forgot if whatever it was that I had for mine. I was excited about it. Okay. What do we have for mine again? What was it? Uh, I have Shoot. to look up. I have it written down. You have it written down. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you when we're done. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, the, commi- the commitments? No. No. Uh-uh. It's uh, some dude's name. Oh, Inside Lewin Davis. Yep, that's it. Yes. Yep. The Coen Brothers movie that I've never seen. Yes, yes. that's the one. <laughs> All right. So then there's the movie CB4 with Chris Rock and uh, the Lone Rangers, which appeared in the movie uh, Airheads that had uh, Brendan Fraser and, oh gosh, Adam Sandler and the funny- Oh, it was uh, uh, Airheads. Um, yeah. The third guy. Uh, I can't think of his name. The third guy is, um, hello, fellow teenagers. It's- uh, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, plans and plans and from oh my god, <laughs> Bashem, Steve Bashemi. Yes, yep, that's it. 
I got to it without looking it up, but it's still, I still had to relax my brain to, to let that thing come yeah. back out. <laughs> so yeah, those two movies. And frankly, I like the Lone Rangers movie. It's dumb, but I like it. And CB4 is a lot of fun too. Hmm. I've watched them in the last five years, Unforced. So okay, there's something there. Then there's the band Wild Stallions. Uh, sure. From the Bill and Ted stories. In the end of the second movie, they have the robots oh. fighting. Yes. Versions of themselves. And that is a direct homage to Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Amusement Park <laughs> when they fight the robot versions of themselves. In that. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's really funny. And all of it leads to uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Really. Yeah. Or, or that <laughs> Banana Splits movie that we talked about earlier. Or the Banana Splits movie. Jeez. Okay. Then there's Hangman's Joke from the movie The Crow that had. Um, oh, the Lee. Brendan uh, Lee in it. Brendan Lee. Lee. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then there's The Ruddles, another Beatles. Yeah, and that one I I don't know why I forgot about that, but that's is that is it because it's too parody? Like it is yeah, such a I'd, straight up. Yeah, I figured they're basically being a funny Beatles, which is why I did not stick it in the other list. Yeah, but that's uh, I think Eric Idle. I'm trying to remember the other people who were in it wasn't straight Monty Python, but Eric Idle I think was the connective tissue between the Ruddles yeah. and and Monty Python. And then there's uh, Buckaroo Banzai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers. Yeah, good old Peter Weller and uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and, and the rest. And the rest, exactly. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Josie and the Pussycats when we mentioned the Archies. There's Drive yeah, And they, they had their new uh, thing, too, with, um, there was the movie, and the movie music Reed. was was done Tara by- Reed was in Tara Reed. Tara Reed, yep. and, um, uh, well, she was in the movie, but then the actual- Oh, was it? Am I confusing? It was maybe a cover. Maybe I'm, because I thought it was um, Juliana Hatfield and... The McCoys. Doing the musical voice, doing the doing the singing. Yeah. Hmm. I could be thinking of a cover. Never mind. Yeah. All right. So we have the Josie and the Pussycats and then Drive Shaft from the TV show Lost. Yeah. We'll talk about them more in a minute. And then we have the B-Sharps from The Simpsons. From The Simpsons. Yeah. The, uh, lots of, you know, there are quite a few, I think, fake bands from The Simpsons, weren't there? Like, Oh, I'm sure. Well, I guess there were real bands more that that influenced the stuff that the yeah. Simpsons family did. I still, one of my favorite episodes is when Homer does the cannonball uh, stomach from uh, on oh, Lollapalooza yeah. and it has Cypress Hill in there. <laughs> yes, the slow-mo. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to our playlist. Now, these are, um, obviously, we we don't have any rules, really, for playlists like this. This is, we have to list fake bands, obviously, and songs that we like by them. But sometimes they are the greatest hits because we didn't get a whole lot of songs from those bands. So yep. they're sometimes the only hits. All right? All right. And and uh, this will be interesting because I had a few things that, that strayed from the movies and TV uh, deal. We'll get yep. to those. And you can explain all that away. I will. I will indeed. Uh, First one we did talk about, though, The Wonders and That Thing You Do. I, that song to me is a perfect power pop song. When somebody says, you know, Brian, what genres do you like? And I say, well, I like Brit pop. I like this. I like that. And I say, I like power pop. Their immediate thought is like, um, Christina Aguilera or 
Britney Spears, something like that. No, no, no. Power pop is your stuff like Fountains of Wayne and the Kinks and stuff like that. And speaking of Fountains of Wayne, that thing you do, that song was written and performed by Adam Schlesinger, rest in peace, uh, of Fountains of Wayne. Uh, He, in addition to all the stuff he did, of course, for Fountains of Wayne, he wrote for the aforementioned Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, wrote the music for that show, um, wrote That Thing You Do. I mean, the guy was such a talented singer-songwriter and a tremendous loss. So is That Thing You Do, Your Eye in the Sky, as the perfect song for people to cover? Oh, it could it easily could be. Like, that would be, that would be, I would love to hear other bands do their covers of that song. No doubt. No doubt. Could definitely the do, band, I was, no was going to say, no doubt could definitely, well, if they were still together. <laughs> no doubt could definitely do a great cover of that thing you do. Uh, number two for me is a song called Vanishing Girl. This is by a band called the Dukes of Stratosphere. realized I misspelled stratosphere because it's P-H-E-A-R in the thing. Anyway, this was uh, the psychedelic alter ego of the band XTC. Um, They released two albums as the Dukes of Stratosphere. But then uh, after they did, okay, actually they did better than than the albums that were out at the time by XTC. Then they just decided to incorporate that psychedelic side into their next album, which was called Oranges and Lemons and, and felt like the two roads were coming back together. This old skin by the Heppelbombs. This is such a, this is such a, a twist, a little fake out. So we've talked about the band Beautiful South on mm-hmm. this show. And they released an album called Gold Diggers, Head Nottas. Uh, it was like their cover album. And they did all these covers of things like uh, You're the One That I Want from Greece and uh, Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. And they included the song called This Old Skin by the Heppelbombs, a cover of this old skin by the Heppelbombs. Here's the thing. The Heppelbombs doesn't exist. It's a fake, it's like a a made up band. So it's really just an original song that they worked in as a potential cover of the Heppelbombs. So really the original version of that song is the version by so funny. The Beautiful South. <laughs> so you just can't spell Beautiful South without BS. <laughs> uh, number four is uh, Spinal Tap, Listen to the Flower People. Speaking of psychedelic rock, I should put this one right after. Listen. <laughs> Nicely done. It's getting louder every day. Listen, it's like a bolt out of the blue. Uh, right after uh, uh, Dukes of Stratosphere. This is such a great moment of the film where you find out that Spinal Tap, that this heavy metal band had this these origins as... First as like a 1960s Beatles, stop wasting my time, uh, give me some money. And then you've got Listen to the Flower People, their their total 
psychedelic era of the Beatles yeah. uh, tribute right there. Uh, this song uh, in, in lore, in Spinal Tap lore, is written by Ronnie Pudding. <laughs> I just think it's just, just like just that in of itself, yeah. Ronnie Pudding. Yep. Uh, we talked, or I, I threw in the name The Commitments. Uh, I'm throwing it out again. Try a little tenderness by The Commitments. This is a, a, a band created for a movie, a cover band, Irish cover band. This one is faithful to the original as all The Commitments music was, but still how, still how, still somehow uh, becomes the best cover of Try a Little Tenderness I've ever heard. A little tenderness Now, if Ducky from Pretty in Pink would have sung the song instead of lip syncing it in that record store, maybe there might be a contender to the throne. But as far as I'm concerned, Try a Little Tenderness by The Commitments is the, the best cover of that song. Uh, next up is uh, the Soggy Bottom Boys, Man of Constant Sorrow from the film Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? In constant sorrow. This was this song was originally going to appear, by the way, in Big Lebowski, and uh, the Coen Brothers couldn't figure out a way to work it in. So they decided, oh well, this is actually kind of perfect for this retelling of the Odyssey and George Clooney. Here's the problem: they could not get a decent vocal take from George Clooney. He tried; he did a few different versions of it, and it sucked. So they went to Dan uh, Dan Timpaniski who's a member of Alison Krauss's band Union Station, and his version is the one that you hear George Clooney sing. But you do get Tim Blake Nelson's voice um, in other Soggy Bottom Boys songs from that movie. Uh, next one is uh, Fever Dog by the band Stillwater. Uh, this is the band that appears in the film Almost Famous, uh, Cameron Crowe film uh, that's semi, that's that's somewhat autobiographical. You want to hear something else? I've never seen that, that movie either. Whoa, that one we've got to add to the list because that is that is obviously a very music yeah. and band heavy. Uh, don't know how I missed it. I, I don't know oh, what man. I was doing or how it happened, but I just never saw it. Widely regarded as as one of Cameron Crowe's best films, if not his best film. And uh, uh, Jason Lee and, oh, why am I not remembering the, the other member of Stillwater, like the actor? It's, uh, it's the guy who was on the morning, the morning show, Billy Crudup. Mm, okay. And Frances McDormand, who is, is never not good. She's yeah. always awesome. Not a member of not a member of the band, but yeah. <laughs> I should clarify: Francis McDormand is not a member of, of uh, Stillwater. Percy Thrillington and uh, his cover of Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey.
This is uh, so this is a thing that Paul McCartney did in 1971. So he and Linda McCartney released uh, an album called Ram. Paul and Linda McCartney Ram. This was before Wings, after the Beatles, before Wings, obviously. Um, this this album didn't really do much. Kind of got shelved and forgotten. Uh, released with very little fanfare, Percy Thrillington. Um, and then in 1986, 18 years later, Paul McCartney said, by the way, Percy Thrillington is me. I just wanted to release an instrumental version of Ram. But he had this whole alter ego named Percy Thrillington like for 18 name. years. It totally does. Uh, maybe I'm Percy Thrillington. Well, except for the name Percy. <laughs> it doesn't quite. <laughs> Jack. Doesn't quite, Jack Thrillington. Yeah. Jack Thrillington, yeah. much better. Number nine for me is a song called 5,000 Candles in the Wind. This is uh, from the band Mouse Rat. From the TV show Parks and Recreation, this was a song that they they wrote for the passing of the miniature horse, Little Sebastian, and, and just the fact that to rhyme something with Little Sebastian, uh, miss you in the greatest fashion was, was <laughs> the couplet that uh, Chris Pratt came up with. There's a song about the pit, which was the subject of the entire first season of Parks and Recreation, a song called Annie Song. But uh, what's great about this album? This Mouse Rat album is a bunch of covers of like classics like uh, The Way You Look Tonight by Tony Bennett, Fly Me to the Moon. I mean, it's 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 delivered with Chris Pat, Pratt tongue-in-cheek uh, style, but that's just fine. I have no complaints about that. Uh, number 10 is uh, You All Everybody, a poorly named song by a band called Drive Shaft from yeah, the TV show Lost. I have to include the fake band from one of my favorite shows of all time. You all Drive Shaft is basically Oasis. It's two brothers who had a big hit and then started fighting and hating each other and doing solo stuff. I mean, I know Oasis lasted more than just one hit, but if if Wonderwall would have been it, then Drive Shaft would have been basically Oasis. Uh, I can't find this song like an actual Drive Shaft soundtrack recording of this song, oddly enough. You, you know that they record it because there's there's flashbacks in the show to uh, the band Drive Shaft, but for whatever reason, I can only find covers of the song. And then a late entry here is a song called Let's Do It uh, or Duet by uh, by Dewey Cox from the mockumentary film Walk Hard. This was a uh, John C. Riley, not John C. Riley. That's the guy from Scrubs. <laughs> uh, Riley. Uh, oh my God. See, again, again, like completely my mind going blank hold on a second in my dreams you're blowing me some kisses that's one of my favorite things to do you and I could go down in history that's what I'm walk hard the Dewey Cox story 
No, John C. Riley. Yeah. Who am I confusing John C. Riley well, with? Look I up can't. Scrubs and figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a song that he does with uh, Jenna Fisher from The Office. Yeah. As kind of like it, this is absolutely a play on Johnny Cash. Dewey yeah. Cox is is Johnny Cash. What's great about this song is that it's so full of euphemisms for like this, you know, this sweet Johnny Cash song. It's it's basically like talking about dirty sex moves that they cleverly work into the lyrics. It's just great. <laughs> uh, let's do it by uh, Dewey Cox. That's you my know, number eleven. I saw that movie yeah. so long ago, and I've only seen it once. So I think I need yeah. to revisit that film. I feel like it's a film that only needs to be seen once, but if you've forgotten a lot of it, then maybe look up the music videos. Okay, maybe that's what I'll, okay. I appreciate- That's probably the better way to do it. I, yeah. I appreciate the heads up on that. <laughs> I, re I really do. That's, the, that's what a true friend does. Yes, I'll save you the two hours and just look up the videos. That's 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 a, that's that's true friendship right there. That's right. All right, let's uh, let's get to your picks. Okay, so my first one is from the Fresh Beat Band, The Reach for the Sky. And when Audrey was young, she's now 14, uh, I used to watch a show with her all the time. And hmm. it was her that actually asked me to reach out to one of the cast members to see if they'd do an interview. And when they said yes, uh, I've had Yvette on a couple of times now, a number of times. And uh, I really like these the songs these guys did. And some of them are wow. covers and some of them are originals. And they actually did a really, really cool version of Jai Ho that they really? also played From, on the show. Uh, yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's cool. And uh, so, I mean, if you're interested in bright colors, happy pop songs sung by four teenagers, then by <laughs> all means, listen. You don't need to watch a show. This albums are available. They're all, I mean, they're harmless and they're fun. And sometimes you need that in your life. I have to give uh, Audrey credit for pushing me to ask. And I've been able to have a event on the show a couple times because of it. So, yeah. That's cool. Yes. Next one, Death Clock, Lost Vikings. This cartoon has a great vibe, but I also really love the albums. Uh, of their stuff, this one is probably my favorite song of theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 fun. Cool. And, I'm so unfamiliar with the band that I, that that seems like exactly where I'm going to start. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, changing gears completely, we go to the Blues Brothers, <laughs> Sweet Home Chicago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy the Blues Brothers, like I said. I really admire dance harmonica skills. And when I played in college, this was like the song that I always waited for because it gave me like 64 bars to solo over, which is a huge amount of real estate in a song. Mm. So I always was given so much room to solo and it was, it's really fun. And there's also a really mm. good cover of it by Satan and Adam out there. If you're ever curious, it's really good. 
Cool. Okay. Uh, then I picked uh, Sammy Kerr, the title track uh, from the film and the album, Trick or Treat. <laughs> I know we watched this movie a little bit ago, but this is a great song. As far as 80s hair metal rock kind of goes, this is a great example of it. And I keep, I'll stand by it. That album needs to be remastered and re-released. Let's see. Then I picked Gorillaz. I picked Dare. I discovered the gorillas by way of just dance in the early 20s. Oh, really? The video game. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And oh, funny. So once I bought that one song, I went down a gorilla's <laughs> rabbit hole and really never came back. <laughs> really good. Uh, then yep. I picked the folksman, uh, old Joe's place. Where friendly folks can gather and raise the rafters high with songs and tales of yesteryear until they say goodbye. Well, there's a puppy in the parlor and a skillet on the stove and a smelly old blanket that a Navajo wove. There's chicken on the table, but you gotta say grace. There's always something cooking at old Joe's place. And we've covered the movie. Everyone knows the song. Eat at O's. Yes. And that's great. It's, it's such a such a great showcase for Harry Shearer's deep voice. Yeah. So yeah. you have to have have to put that in there. I felt would have been remiss if I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Then I picked the monkeys, the last trains to Clarksville. Which I think is actually their best song, and I think it's a masterclass in pop music writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's such a great song. Yeah, and then I pick Steel Dragons. Stand up. if this is a fake band or if this is a fake song. I have real musicians doing versions of it on my phone and I always will love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the, you know, some band had to create all of these songs, so fake or not, it's, they they exist because there's a band. And then I pick Spinal Tap, The Majesty of Rock, which this is the most straightforward and unjokiest of their songs in their catalog. It's all around us and it's But it's still, it's still Spinal Tap. And it's actually a really good song. And then I picked, yeah, and there's, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was, you, I was you say, and there's not a, uh, a bunch of dwarves dancing or a bunch of uh, models of Stonehenge yeah. on, on stage in danger of being crushed by, by a dwarf. dwarf. 
and then I picked for my last one, The Wonders, uh, their lesser known B-side, Dance With Me Tonight. Uh, this only got played. Did you write that or did I? You wrote that. Oh, I guess I did make that joke. I'm sorry. I yes. didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago did you write this joke? Uh, <laughs> uh, before I went on, before I went to uh, Vegas. That's hilarious. Yeah. Way before I went to Vegas. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Now it all makes sense. Why? Okay. No. Okay. That's wow. hilarious. Okay. Yeah. I'm leaving all that in because it's hysterical. We had talked oh, about it this. Is. Yeah. yeah. Sure. We had talked about this as me being a dad joke writer. Pioneer. And, yes. <laughs> and the reason I picked this song would have been to make this joke. And the joke is <laughs> that if this song had been a hit, it would have been the Tudors instead of the Wonders. <laughs> Which <laughs> feels really great. anticlimactic because yeah. I'd forgotten I'd done it. I, that's the best thing. I mean, you know, when you create so many dad jokes, you're going to end up with a lot of fodder. <laughs> Thank well, you. And this Thank one's, you very much. And this, <laughs> and this one's actually really good, though. That's the problem. <laughs> this is a really good joke. Yes. <laughs> as far as dad jokes go, that's up there. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, my Excellent. gosh. The last the last line of the show brings all it together. The whole The whole conversation. It all finally comes back. That's so uh, funny. Excellent. Well, that is our tribute to uh, fake bands. My God, who knew that there was so much, so much to talk about with fake bands? Yeah. And like I said, there are still probably hundreds, if not thousands, we didn't mention. And yeah, if we skipped one that you want us to bring up or want us to want to point out, hit us up on Twitter or send an email. We'll We'll do our best to bring it up sometime. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Soundography. But our next uh, next band that we're going to be looking at, um, we mentioned Susanna Hoffs earlier. Yeah, the Bangles are going to be uh, who we look at next on Soundography. I'm excited about this because, you know, their, their connection to Christopher, uh, who we know better as Prince, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> the writer of one of their songs. But just, again, another, this is a really good power pop they get their 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 music definitely sits in that power pop branch that came out of new wave. Well, and it's and, interesting uh, too because of the time frame. They always get kind of lumped together with the Go Go's, and I feel like they're very they different bands. They're they they definitely are. I mean, it's they just get lumped together because it's an all female group. Same with the Runways, right? They get thrown in there too. Is like, oh, here are all your your eighties girl groups or seventies eighties girl groups. Go yeah. Go's, Bangles, Runways, and it's but like, it's no, one of those things so where it's one of those things where. Yeah, they're all very, very different. And yeah, the Bengals and the Go-Go's had probably had stuff on the charts at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. they were never going to tour together because they weren't the same kind of, they weren't drawing the same crowd. Right. They might have, they might tour together now in yeah. like a, a legacy festival tour kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, great. I can't wait. Can't wait to uh, to listen to their catalog and then talk about it. That's it. If you want to get in touch with us, we want you to email us soundographypodcast at gmail.com is the email address to use. You can follow us on Twitter at the soundography. 
Uh, we post whenever we have a new show in case you don't subscribe to the podcast. But why why aren't you subscribed to the podcast? Just subscribe to the podcast already, would you? Um, speaking of the podcast, you can get all of our back episodes from soundography.com. Uh, there are so many episodes that just don't all fit in our feed because there are limitations to podcast feeds as far as having a certain number of episodes available. Uh, every episode on our on our uh, website has a playlist, uh, which includes our show notes, which include a playlist linked to Spotify, uh, as, well, as well as a place where you can buy the songs you hear, uh, recommendations for them. I don't even know what we link to for this one because it's not like... Is there... All- is- what is there? Is there is Yeah, I don't know. I think we I think we linked to Spinal Tap because yeah. songs from Spinal Tap ended up on both of our Yeah. And, and these they, and these guys are the godfathers yeah, of fake yeah. bands. Yep. I agree. Let's sure. do that. Uh, um, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundography. Look, if you if you uh like the show and even just throw us a buck a month, that would go so far towards all the stuff we do here, all the stuff we produce and keep the lights on here at Soundography. Please consider, if you're not already supporting us on Patreon, throwing us a buck. And if you throw us more, we'll do a show featuring whatever band you want. Or albums uh, on that one other or level. Or album. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so consider it a way of saying, all right, I'm making you guys listen to Band X or Album Y or whatever. Uh, and we also give you great content, additional content. Um, so about every month you get uh, us talking about a movie. And we mentioned some of those yep. movies that we've done in today's episode. Of course, uh, we love getting your reviews. Leave a, a positive review anywhere you get your podcast so other people can discover our show. And, uh, and that's it. Hammond, anything to close out our discussion about fake bands? I don't think so. I think I'm just ready for a, a very manic conversation about the Bengals. Oh, very good. That's, I see what you did there. And it'll be nice to see things in a different light. Um, in <laughs> that case, that is going to do it for this edition of uh, Soundography. On behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brandon Abbott saying, we'll see you next time right here on Soundography. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>